also, Jack, welcome to the MotoGP podcast Last on the Breaks. As I was just telling you, I hope I remember the title, what I'm doing, how this all works. Welcome back from summer break. It's a pleasure to have you here. We're going to start with the easiest question of all, which was, how was your summer? It's been a bit of a weird longer one this year. You feeling chill? Yeah, feeling good. Um, summer here, winter in Australia. But, oh yeah, of course. Uh, so you... Was warmer winter in Australia than it has been summer here, I feel. <laughs> no, yeah, it's been uh, been real nice. Nice to go home, nice to see the family. Um, yeah, just being normal for a bit. Exactly right. A little bit of more space to disconnect this season than sometimes. <laughs> but it looks like you've been extremely busy maybe even more physically active than riding a MetaGP bike with the stuff you've been building. <laughs> what have you been up to? When yeah, it's yeah, definitely been, uh, been preoccupied, that's for certain. No, um, yeah, beginning of the summer break, we, uh, we uh, you know, put in a, a, a decent stint. We solid two and a half weeks of, uh, of building. Um, fortunate enough, with the, with the support of Cat and Cat Rental, we were able to uh, sort of make a dream of mine come true. I've always grown up with... Uh, See, that's smart sponsorship. You like that. Because everyone yeah. wins there. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I always grew up with the motocross track in, in, in the backyard, essentially, uh, on the farm. And to finally sort of be able to go big and, and get the amount of dirt that we needed and put the effort in with the, with the track builder and, um, and uh, yeah, make sort of a dream come true has been, been was unreal. You know, a lot of work. Um, more... I want to say more than I expected, but it, it, at the end of the day, it was so satisfying to see it all come together and then, of, of course, ride the track. I was going to say, everything's done. And, uh, you've done some laps now? Done plenty of laps. I ended up putting about nearly, I think, 18 hours on the 450. <laughs> so uh, KDM will be getting uh, one handed back and hopefully get a new one for the next time I get home. But, um, but no, it's been good and we've got a lot of content to sort of come out of that. We were. Um, kind of holding back like I got a lot of stuff filmed and, and and so on but we did a little bit of filming with it just to sort of show the process and everything so just trying to to make it as a big of a splash as we can so waiting on the uh the video guys now to to edit it all up and uh and get it all out to that you guys. That sounds cool then because it looked exciting enough just seeing some stills of you and like obviously building it yourself as well yeah. how many of you have done it how many um, you? well my dad um fortunately I love it. it's like such a normal person kind yeah. of thing you know what i mean for a MotoGP rider i mean most of you are normal you're one of the realist for sure you've just gone home and built a motocross track with your dad yeah so dad i mean he was the i want to say the backbone of the whole whole sh show um he jumped in that d6 and and was pushing dirt for i think like 10 days straight um just keeping up to the trucks um we were just running dirt, but dirt back and forward. I think we ended up using like 20,000 tonne of dirt. And um, yeah, it's a, lot, it's a big hole. And uh, you know, he was up every morning at four o'clock in the morning. I can see sort of the track through the, through the farm from my window, from my bedroom window. And um, I'd hear the clack of the, of the track sort of <laughs> going up and these lights, these lights coming out of the hole. And he was down there every morning at four o'clock, just sort of getting a stockpile going for us to then run out throughout the day and like keep dirt to us throughout the day. But uh, him and then uh, had another couple of boys come up from down in Melbourne. Uh, one's Josh from Pro Tracks, who's a professional track builder and um, definitely has a lot more experience of that sort of stuff than we do um, and does a fantastic job finishing the track off and, and so on. And then another one is Alex Quinn. And then just a heap of my mates pretty much. I mean, um, 
another young fella from down the road who races motocross. I mean, he's 14 years old and we had him in a truck flat. You must have made his life. Yeah, he was loving it. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he, well, I'm constantly using his motocross tracks and now, <laughs> and now I can return the favour. But, yeah, and then just heap of the boys, whoever we could sort of get around. We were just trying to keep, uh, keep people in trucks, you know, and then my nephew Tex, he's nearly two, he'd be two in December and he, he spent a bit of time he spent a bit of time in the truck in the second seat next to me. Well, okay, that's a good segue. I'll go from there. We'll see if you post any lap records. We wanna see leaderboards. We wanna really stay on top of this project. Yeah, right. But you obviously you are at quite a good crossroads in your life now. Everything's come together so much for you. Not only with you seem super chill with KTM, we'll talk about that obviously in the racing side of it. You've also got Ruby, family about to expand. That you just seem like you're in the best moment ever. Yeah, I mean, um, I keep getting older and older. I, I read the other day, I think it was like Crash.net or something, put something out, and I was referred to as an Australian veteran um, <laughs> at 28. So, I mean, I, I read it and it, it kind of hurt, but then I was kind of proud to sort of have that one <laughs> against me. But um, no, it's um, yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm getting better. Um, I know what to expect. I don't get flustered as much or get stressed as much you know of course I still take this job as serious as I ever did but you know with the with the experience that you gain and the the time that you spend doing this you sort of become comfortable being uncomfortable kind of thing and um, even now you know after five weeks off I sort of know what what I'm coming into and and just that whereas a younger me would be a lot more stressed at this point in time, you know, five weeks off, how am I going to go, whatever, you know how you're going to go, you sort of know what's going to happen and you know how the bike's going to feel and and also just trusting my ability in terms of um, riding the bike and where I'm at with the bike and how I feel with the bike. So, no, I feel good and then like you say on the family side of things as well, it's just amazing, you know, I'm so lucky to have, have Ruby and to to be able to do this this job with uh, with her by my side and then I mean, it's going to be tough sort of the next month. Um, this is her last race until until the baby comes along. Um, I think its first race back will be, fingers crossed, Phillip Island. Okay. Um, so, I mean, at least that's a bit of an easier commute. Yeah, exactly, an easier that. commute. So we'll test the waters of Phillip Island and then, fingers crossed, they can jump on the, uh, on the tour from there on till the end. And then, um, and yeah, but, you know, she's going to go back now after, after this one and uh, be back there for a month. So that's going to be, be a tough slog, but I'll rock up the day before the day before the birth and uh, pretend like I've been there the whole time and uh, and then... Do you think you'll get away with that? Yeah, I should be right. But, um, and then, yeah, hang around for a few days and then head off to India. Yeah, then it's a, you've got an extra adventure we, we, as well. We, we planned you? it well, you know. We really got our timing <laughs> right. But, uh, no, I'm, you know, stoked to see first and foremost what the baby is. Uh, we don't know. Are you so, keeping it a mystery yeah, all the way? Yeah, yeah. Cool. We've, we've okay. stuck it out this long, so we may as well keep <laughs> it going. But, uh, no, it's exciting. You don't get too many surprises these days and um, in, in, in the way that the world is now. So it's nice to have that little surprise at the end. I mean, it's going to be a surprise anyway. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, life's going to be pretty different, I guess. On yeah. that side of it, yeah. But then looking at racing, then like you said, you you're less stressed. I don't know how much we can tell from the outside, just kind of watching you and how you ride in your career and stuff. But certainly in the last few years, you seem very zen. Also with things that people ask you about, like you just like, well, it's like this. 
it's not really a big deal, leave me alone. Yeah, <laughs> kind of, you know, you, like I said, I think it comes down to uh, just knowing your role. Being a veteran. And, yeah, knowing your role and knowing where you sort of stand. And I'm at the point where I don't really care. You know, I have my opinion. You're asking my opinion. I'm going to give you my answer. And if it's what you like, well, that's good. If it's not, well, that's your problem. It's not mine. Like, I've got nothing, no skin off my back. I mean, you asked and, and, and I'll tell you how I see it. And if it's wrong, then tell me why it's wrong and I'll, I'll take that on board. But. Um, Again, it just comes down to, to experience and, um, yeah, and, and just, like, I think everything ties in, like you say, with the, the whole family thing and the life and all that. I mean, I feel very complete in terms of where I'm at in my racing career already. And, uh, you know, there's, of course, a lot more that I still want to do. And a lot you've, more you've than not I done wanted. bad though. Yeah, on, uh... <laughs> yeah, done all right, and um, you know, be definitely better than I ever had imagined. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, if you're going to sit there and say you're going to win four Grand Prix, I know because there and... are some kids who come out at five years yeah, old I know, and be like, and I'm going to beat Rossi's title count. <laughs> I know, I know, and I was probably one of those cocky young kids, but deep down inside, you never really know how you're going to shape out in these things, and. You know, there's been points in, in my career where I've thought, oh, well, it's all over. I'll be heading home shortly, going back to a, to a you know, a job. But um, to still be doing what I love, you know. Um, and doing it well. A, lo a lot of years on. And, uh, yeah, to be able to be considered a veteran uh, <laughs> in this sport is, is amazing. And, you know, just to feel the love as well. Just, I think, in the, in the past couple of years, the, the love from the fans and, and so on. I think just being yourself and... And learning that you can sort of be yourself and people enjoy a character and, and that's who I am at the end of the day. I am a, an idiot and <laughs> a bit of a clown and um, but I, I'm I'm real and I'll happily give everyone my time and, and I think people have seen that and yeah, you know, it's awesome to be here. Because that's in what everyone always says as well. They don't just say that they love you, they say they love you because yeah. they can tell that you're you. Yeah. And that's what you feel, you know, even spending the time outside now with the, with the day champions and so on and all those fans, you know, coming up. It's just, it's awesome to feel like that because I remember being one of those fans or watching, you know, the guys like Rossi and that who get mobbed and think that's the coolest thing ever, you know, to be able to inspire kids and, and, and push the, let's say, the next generation on and show them that you don't have to be a robot and you know be this certain way to, to succeed you can be a nice guy at the same time well I think definitely proven that point valiantly so let's talk about then one of the things I think it was in Haref after you took that podium you were I mean that interview you gave to Bertie I think and the interview set was just gold it's just like four paragraphs of gold so we're like which part are we going to use for this but a lot of that, again, you're talking about how, not necessarily how people doubt you, but how much you love proving people wrong and how much you love taking that success. <clears throat> it's something that you brought up, I think, in Assen when you won that first race in MotoGP as well in the Honda. Mm -hmm. Obviously in Ducati, especially that Mategi win was just like, today's my day, bye everyone. Mm -hmm. What is it about that? feeling do you feel like you do have that something to prove or not to yourself some, just to some people? people more than others I do in this sport I don't know what it is if it is the way that you carry yourself outside of the sport um, like you say some kids will, or some some guys and will get up there and be like yeah no, nah, I'm, I'm the best you know and of course this is gonna happen and then others will get up there and sort of be like I don't really know what happened uh, you know and it, it was a good day and 
I rode fantastic, but um, but I mean, there is always a lot of criticism, and I think it's it, it comes with the territory of being one of those sort of I don't want to say outspoken, but a little bit outspoken people where you put yourself out there, and then of course you know there's a lot of this and a lot of that. There's a lot of negative and there's a lot of positive. More generally more positive than 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 negative, but there's a lot of doubt and. Um, I don't know, sometimes it, you know, whether it's the Australian thing coming from, you know, a lot of um, successful riders, you know, they've come through uh, from Australia, the only ones that really have made it have been super successful um, and all pretty much been world champions. So there's some big boots there, I think, to, to be able to fill and of course there's always going to be sort of that, that extra incentive um, or extra pressure or just extra expectation, I guess you could say, on you. But um, for sure, I feel like uh, more often than not, especially now, not so much, but in the past, I had to prove myself a lot more than, say, others did to, to try and get those, that, let's say, bump up in, in job or <laughs> to continue with my job or to get a, you know, to try and move myself up the ladder. And for sure, I mean, starting in from, Moto3, um, you know, you're still already starting yourself on the back foot, jumping straight up and then doing it with the open Honda. That's what I was going to say, like, that like... It's been a constant sort of working my way up the pecking order and it's so cool to be, um, you know, there and challenging week in, week out, majority of the time. And it is, and like you said, okay, maybe you don't, you've not beaten Rossi's titles, if that is something you would have said when you were five, but you're one of any few riders who's had serious success on more than one bike. Mm -hmm. You've adapted super quick this year as well. Was that also quite satisfying? Because in pre-season, all of your interviews were like pretty much exactly the same. Just like, yeah, we're nearly there, just missing a little bit here and there. And then I feel like there was a bit of a murmur in some of the kind of press just being like, oh no, like Jack's made a mistake, like this isn't mm -hmm. gonna work. And then on Friday in Portugal, it was like, Hi. It was already happening as soon as I sort of signed the contract. <laughs> uh, uh, for KDM, what was it, Le Mans or, or wherever it was last year. Um, it was already sort of happening, you know, oh, he'll be out shortly, you know, uh, he'll be heading to, the comment I read all the time was he'll be heading to World Superbike. Like, that's a bad thing. I mean, those guys over there, uh, it's a fantastic championship and I'm not taking anything away from them at all because what have I done in the last five weeks? I've sat, sat at home at stupid o'clock and watched those races. <laughs> I mean, um, yep. and the other side of the world because they're just fantastic. Uh, so they try and use that as a, like an insult or a way of saying like, you know, you won't get along with it. And it's like, well, let's just give it a crack and see what happens, you know? I mean if it is what it is but I mean a change was sort of what I felt I needed at the time and at the end of the day it's my decision and mine only um, I'm gonna do what I feel is best for my career and for, for my family's future and that was it and yeah it's like you say and then through our winter testing you know you could hear oh you know maybe he's not getting along with the group well or whatever but I mean I knew as soon as I hopped on the bike and then everything I'd sort of done to the bike throughout winter testing or even with the one day. Like, I mean, now we're so limited in terms of how much time we actually get on the bike before we go racing. So you are thrown in the deep end, especially if you're changing manufacturers and so on, because yeah. there's no time on the bike before you got to go racing again. So one day at the end of last year to trying to get a direction for the following season or to get some parts in line or get some, which direction you want to go with the bike come February next year in November 
Uh, it's kind of hard a challenge, when, like, you're at Valencia, which you've been on that track on a different bike all weekend. And then what was the test on Tuesday? Yeah. Uh, the track's still full of rubber, heaps of grip, times are fast, everyone's got, you know, under lap record. And, I mean, I don't think it really, um, you know, you don't really get a clear understanding of what you actually need from the bike because the track's in such great condition. The bike's semi-good, you feel good already because you, some things are translating across from what you were doing on the other bike. So. And, and that's another thing with the experience. It's just um, helped me in situations like that to not get too wound up or not focus on too many things, just sort of go through my motion and go through things that I've learned throughout the years and try to understand and then take that to Sepang when we did it there at the beginning of, uh, of this season. And um, yeah, we were able to work through it all and, and eventually, um, you know, get going um, by the time racing started. You seem so zen about it, but even like me watching it, I felt smug for you. <laughs> Do you not just have that moment where you're like, yeah. <laughs> to a degree, um, but the beautiful thing about MotoGP is it'll jump back up and give yeah, you a smack Yeah, you can never say, be smug no, too long, No, yeah? exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the great thing about this sport is you can't be smug because as soon, the minute you are smug, this sport will jump up and bite you. And again, it's another thing you sort of learn as you get older, you sort of understand, right, you know, don't get too high on the highs <laughs> yeah. and don't get too low on the lows. Just try to keep yourself central and, and focused on what you're doing at the time. And how is it then with that, with the new format that we have now? Obviously this weekend it changes for the first time back to FP1. Mm -hmm. So can't ask you about your experience of that because we don't have it yet. Yeah, but right. sprint and that, you, both you and Brad, and like the whole of KTM really seem like, well, this is what we're going to do. So we go out and we do that. That's it. I mean, there's no point in complaining about it because they're not going to change it. And I think it's a fantastic um, change. You know, I've enjoyed going back to World Superbike, watching them the last couple of years with the sprint race and uh, or super pole race. And, you know, everyone want to talk about how fit these MotoGP riders are and how amazing athletes they are. And then they want to complain about doing two races and one's half race distance well we, we're going out and doing that anyway in fp4 so now we get the, you know now you do for we get to do it for some, some points yeah. and, and exactly and for an actual race which at the end of the day we're all motorcycle riders and at least for myself speaking for myself i love racing i hate riding around by myself I hate riding around doing So you, did you hate that Mategi win last year then? <laughs> yeah, they're the most stressful ones. I mean, I haven't had too many of them in my life, but um, but yeah, they're the most stressful ones. And you just, you want to be in a race, for me personally, as a racer. That's what I love. I love racing and I don't get me wrong, I enjoy riding my motorbike and I enjoy going and riding at home or whatever, but I hate going and riding at home by myself. I, you want make it a race. I want my yeah. friends to be there. I want somebody there to push me and, and, you know, constantly, you're constantly trying to one-up each other. And that's the whole idea of competition. And um, I think, you know, getting rid of the FP4 and, and putting in the, 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 the sprint race has been awesome because you get two goes at it for one. I think you gain more information out of the sprint race than you did FP4 anyway because you're, you're pinning it and you're really... It's a similar time as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And you're stressing the tyres way more because, you know, the majority of the time you're rocking up and, you know, you've done nearly next to no laps, even with that one-hour session. I mean, you're cr trying to cram so much into that one session and then throw, you know, two tyres at the end of it. 
Um, and at a place like Silverstone, for example, which is a long lap, you know, it's not a lot of laps in a row uh, or consecutively. Um, so the sprint race is like, right, we sort of know where we're at. We've got the bike sort of dialed in. We'll see how the tyres go. Here's now, all, like, here's all the horsepower and <laughs> get into it. And that's basically it. So, and you know, sort of like, okay, well, I was half race distance. I understood sort of how the bike was behaving, what it was going to start doing or what was it already doing. And um, you can sort of dial it back accordingly for, for, for the main race. Okay, well, I mean, it's quite refreshing. We've had a few differing opinions on oh, the screen, haven't we? I love it. You I love it. it. Brad loves it. Pecco seems fine with it. Mm. It's all of you who also come out of a little bit maybe over the limit race and go, yeah, that was racing, it was great. Yeah. And then some people maybe, you know, that's not their idea of how you race. Yeah, but you let your feelings known in the moment with that iconic one in her ref where you're just like, what are yeah. you doing? <laughs> yeah. The... Um yeah, that's it. I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, it is racing and there will always be um, some form of contact. I mean, some, don't get me wrong, sometimes it's far too much and then sometimes, I mean... Yeah, I should say, I'm not saying, you know... No, no, you know, I mean, there's a line and when the line's drawn, then it's drawn. I mean, as a racer, you've grown up doing this for, you know, I've been doing it since I was seven years old, whether it be road racing, motocross, whatever. And you know where the line is. You know what a hit is versus what a, uh, you know, a nudge. And um, that's the biggest versus, thing. Versus, oh, I've accidentally touched you on the way in trying to make that move versus I've come in here and been you. like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're there, but I'm using you as brakes kind of thing. <laughs> so there is a line and you know when you've crossed it deep down inside, whether or not you want to admit it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think um, those, there was a lot more doubters, I think, at the beginning of the sprint race era. And I think now, I feel like after that first one, I mean, I watched a video back not long, long, not long ago where it was like everyone talking through their favourite sprint race and I think everybody's favourite was Portimao. Yeah, out. and it, um, for us publishing that, I was like, right guys, so you're telling us we peaked early and yeah. we're just going to be like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, it was a great one though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. a new, completely exactly. new But era that's why I think it was so special, it was because it was the first one, it was like, what's happening yeah, here? And everyone just sort of threw, threw it at the wall and see what stuck. It was, yeah. It w I mean, it was a good one. We've had some good ones since. We've also had the rain, maybe rain and sprint, not always the best combination because mm. uh, that close racing kind of thing. You often have people like you, obviously Bez this year has had some impressive ones of the mm -hmm. wet. But Silverstone then, we've got to ask you, I always think of, and I'm sure it's the number one thing you don't want me to think of. T-Bone and Cal. Yeah. <laughs> it's always, and it's so unfortunate as well because of obviously your guys' relationship. Yeah. Everything about that situation was just like, no. Yeah, but. that wasn't a, a great day. I've, um, I've, you know, I look back on it now and, and it, it, as bad as it is, you know, it's one of those memories that, oh, it's bad because I know what Cal could have done on that day. And I feel terrible or feel yeah, not great for taking that away from him, I guess you could say, you know, British Grand Prix, being wet. We know how strong Cal was in the wet, is in the wet. And, uh, you know, I felt good, but again, young, dumb, just I uh, feel like he probably feels less about this now than you do. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that you'll never, never take back. But I mean, as soon as I grabbed the brakes, I knew what had happened. Uh, you know, I was, the closing speed was way too much. Lorenzo was in front and I was just like, oh, well, I'll try and stick it up the inside. 
and uh, unfortunately for Cal, he was there, and uh, yeah, I tried my best to get it stopped. Um, but it, it's one of those things, I mean, I'll never forget, I probably said this before, but I walked around the outside because you couldn't, I went, tried to jump start the bike and it wouldn't start. And I had to walk along the fence all the way along and I was getting bottles tossed at the fence really? and all sorts. Oh, no. it, was, it was one of those like, oh, am I going to get out of here alive <laughs> oh, sort no. of moments. But, you know, it was one of those things that I look back on now and it, it, it taught me a lot in terms of race management and so on. I mean, it wasn't easy that year with the, with the open Honda. I think I went down the back, of the, the back straight there and I had like three bikes come past me. And of course that's frustrating. And then you're trying to pass them all back immediately with, you know, full of confidence and, and, and yeah, it jumped up and bit me. But uh, it was one of those big learning, let's say big learning curves for me or one of those big ones where you sort of sit back and take stock and understand, right, that didn't work. It's yeah, even sweeter now then, because the British crowd definitely loves you a lot. Obviously yeah. now we're, we're getting Cal back at Mategi, aren't mm -hmm. we, briefly? Yep. Uh, and we've got Jake, Sam in Meta too, but you, you kind of have taken on that mantle a little bit at the moment. Yeah, well it's got the, the Aussie flag's got the Union Jack at the end of the day, we're all just convicts out there anyway, aren't we? so we'll just, you know. Just for the record, I didn't say that. That's all right. Intimate oh. anything about that. That's all um, right, my parents are both Kiwis, so I'm, I'm, I'm not a convict. <laughs> so you're just going to dump that on Australia? Yeah, I, I wasn't a convict, we were, like, we were moved out, Beautiful. we moved out there. We, we, <laughs> so that was free choice. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it is. Didn't get shipped out. <laughs> so, I mean, there's not too much else. I don't want to dig too deep into anything like now when we're mid-season as well. There's so much of the year still to go. But how how are you feeling looking back at the first half? We've got a couple of questions from fans to finish off. But what, what rating would you give yourself and the progress you've made since that kind of that Friday in magic trick? Yeah. <laughs> um, I... I want to say a six. I give myself a six out of a really? ten. Yeah, it's like half and half because I was happy with, of course, great results like what we had in in the sprint race in, in Germany or obviously Jerez. And, um, but then, you know, there's been some moments where in Austria, uh, in, in America, sorry, in Austin, I mean, I felt really, really strong that race. Uh, and yeah, I was in the then... group and then I dumped it. And then, you know, again in, in Assen, another weekend where things weren't, I felt really good on the Friday and then it sort of things went away. And then come Sunday, we managed to sort the, the feeling that I had with the bike out. And again, I dumped it uh, on the first lap when I really felt like we could do something, something decent there. Um, so there's been, for, for me personally, just a lot of what ifs, you know, like you sort of sit back and think, ah, oh, you know, what if I didn't? And uh, so, but that's to be, let's say, expected, or you can't get too overly stressed about it. Of course, I'm take, taking it in and learning from it, but when you're learning a new bike and you're learning what it wants and what it's doing and... and this is what I was going to say. You've already been on the podium on it. Yeah. The third different bike you've been on the podium with. It's, it's one of those things, you just understand it and, you, you know, you try and make it second nature, and the only way you're going to do that is by pushing it and understanding okay well that was too much or what did it tell me before it did that you know what what feeling was I getting and try to learn from that to go forward and I feel like um, you know now sitting back taking five weeks off sort of mull it all over and, and take in digest what's happened in that first half of the season I think it can help help us in the second half of the season to first and foremost try to eliminate 
those mistakes and try to take benefit from it because it's just one of those things, you know, uh, once the bar is constantly moving. So once you're sort of here, okay, like you say, the, the baseline was set Friday in, uh, in Portimao. Uh, I mean, yeah, you didn't help yourself in your expectations. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> My expectations were, were here. And then, of course, after that, your expectations immediately move. But apart from Argentina, where we had a, a, a terrible Friday and then never made it through to we got the wet and, and so on. And I was able to build up and do a decent race on, on Sunday. But apart from that, we've been very competitive at every track we've been to. Um, and again, uh, that's already for me been a massive like boost in confidence to, to approach a weekend. You know, at the beginning of the year, you didn't know what you were approaching the weekend like. You didn't know what you were approaching the season like. What were your expectations? And they're constantly moving. So we just keep moving that up and um, yeah, just try to eliminate those mistakes and, and try to convert that speed or that that feeling into a, a good result come Sunday. And, and Saturday. And Saturday, of course. Is Saturday more like a just bets off full throttle yeah, game? To a degree, I mean... Not, you know, <sighs> either into recklessness or into not yeah. recognising it is worth points. It is worth points and at the end of the day, but don't get me wrong, um, you know, one or two points versus like trying to go for it is always, you know, you know what you're going to do. But come Sunday, I mean, like the, you know day, the Grand Prix is always the Grand Prix race and that's the one that you want. The other one doesn't count as a win. That one counts as a win. Really? So you're going on that side of the stats yeah. argument? Yeah. Does it even count as a win? It's not. It's a nice it trophy. It doesn't. Good it's, feeling. Well, it's a nice medal. Nice medal, sorry. It's a nice medal. It's not a trophy. Some it's Prosecco. not a win. There's a, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but the... The big one's on Sunday, so that's the one you're working for. That's the 25 points are, and, and you know, the big bonus is paid out. You're, you're like the dream, really, because you're like, no, the Grand Prix race is the important one, but I also really love the sprint. Yeah. It's like, thank you, great. Well, if we could it. get I mean, that on bonus. record and just put that on all the posters forever, that'd be great. Uh, so we do have, like I said, a few questions from fans. They're from Instagram. The first one is about your famous lifelong extra career as a taxi driver <laughs> uh, and it's from Joshy Robbins they want to know who's the best passenger you've had a few different ones I've had a few I think I want to say Rins was probably the best one what, okay so we should also ask what qualifies as the best passenger just the comfiest to have on the, the back the comfiest yeah, okay like, um, not wriggling um, too much. Yeah, not, not moving, gonna... not shaking the bike too much. I mean, we've, uh, anybody who's ever doubled anybody on a motorcycle knows, like, you know, if a passenger, for example, my wife, I love her, but terrible passenger. Does she does, just... a, does a lot of moving on the back. She, uh, and we, we're constantly having helmet clashes. <laughs> so you just like... So I've got to give her the full face helmet and I run the open face because if she had the open <laughs> face on the back, it wouldn't be great. But, um, but yeah. Renz was probably the best one, I want to say, as in terms of uh, a passenger. He was kind of good and he kind of leant into the corners and sort of knew what we were doing. Just classic Renz yeah. style, that's exactly. smooth. Nice and finesse, round, exactly. You know? yeah. Probably the smoothest I've ever been, to be honest. <laughs> uh, so another one is from Manito9. What are you afraid of? Getting into the deep psychology, just to figure yeah. Mine is great white sharks, so I fear your nature. I'm all right with sharks. I'm all right with all those sort of animals or anything like that. Um, heights, I don't really? have an issue about heights. Don't get me wrong, like, uh, you know, I've been skydiving, I've been a lot of different things at heights, and, you know, you get that little tingly feeling, but it's kind of a, a cool feeling. I like that one. I, I struggle with that feeling. 
But and on like man-made things, I'm then fine on a cliff. I probably, what do I fear more is probably like jellyfish or something like that. Like at home we got yeah. really poisonous jellyfish, uh, the irukandji and box jellyfish and stuff like that. And you can't really, because they're so small, you can't see the bloody things. And, and you know, many of the, m many times when we're out, you know, scuba diving or spearfishing at the reef, you're in the water there and I mean, you're meant to run a stinger suit, not that we run it all the time, but um, you try to, but uh, yeah, or even that. So that's probably more my biggest fear because you're so far out and you're so far away from everything and you can't see it. And that is proof that your nation is better than our nation. What's that? So that's the kind of stuff you take on every day. <laughs> just complaining that it's 12 degrees instead of 20. <laughs> <laughs> so the final one from Ivan Kiss 87 So going back then, like you said, you got the motocross track. You've got a few kids coming over, doing some laps. Have you got any plans to do a proper like racing academy, anything like that when you retire? Is it just like people you already know help them out or? Yeah, no, no real plans in that department. <laughs> like, I mean, I love motorcycle racing and uh, I love, you know, giving anybody a hand who wants a hand. I mean, if you're a good, good bloke or a good person, I'll, I'll give you all the time in the world, you know? Um, but in terms of an academy or, or anything like that, I can't see first and foremost how I could ever make it feasible in Australia, especially where I am up north. I mean, we're quite far away from everything. And I mean, especially with the way that the world is these days, it's just too much of a headache. Everyone's got a problem, everyone's got a thing. So I'm happy for my mates, for my friends, whoever. If you're a good person, I'm more than happy for you to come out and have a ride. But you start like inviting. You flooded by invites. You now. start inviting the masses. That's yeah. when you start having people whinging, people complaining, you know, fighting or whatever. And it's just, it's a box of worms that I kind of you don't want to open up. I mean, I enjoy it, and my sister's got uh, my nephew. I'm going to say you're going to train them up. Yeah. What yeah. about yours? Yeah. So, if, if, well. I'll get roasted over this. I mean, if I get a girl, it'll be daddy's little princess, but if I get a boy, he'll be riding a motorbike. But we I've already got- We want the equality of also being allowed to go and get filthy. Yeah, but you know, if she wants to do that, she can do that. I'm more than happy for her, but- But you she's want anything to like give a mother, her the princess she, she, Yeah, life. <laughs> exactly. If she's anything like a mother, she, she won't be doing the motorbike side of so things. But I mean, if she Ruby wants to, it's, it's, it's her choice. But yeah, she'll look at daddy's collarbones and his legs and his arms and so on and think, well, maybe I don't want my body to look like that all that much but um so, and you think that a son would be like that looks fine yeah 100%. <laughs> but no i got so tex is my my nephew and um my sister just had another baby last night oh uh, congratulations another boy. so we've wow, got two of them already on there two boys ready to go so uh the the stadium track will get converted for them tex has already got his motorbike he loves it he run, we, we go for rides every afternoon and uh, Hugo will be having some laps and then uh, we'll see what, what the baby Miller comes out with and we'll, uh, we will. we'll hopefully be back here in you know, 20 years time. <laughs> with baby Miller? With baby Miller. <laughs> well, we'll see, no pressure. Exactly. Thank you so much for joining us, Jack. It's been a true pleasure. You've put me in a good mood again and I feel like I know what I'm doing. Perfect. Um, I hope you have a great race weekend. Thank you. I'm sure everyone here has more than forgiven you, as has Cal, <laughs> for that one little hiccup. And I'm sure a lot of them will be cheering you on because they love you here as well. Have a good one and uh, yeah, hopefully catch up again soon. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me.